Welcome to RNGG, a randomly generated game design podcast. I'm Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Crash, my pronouns are they and she. And it's time for mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. Insert Muppet Show theme song here. I might. <laughs> um, so before we begin, I do have two emails here. Ooh. And one of them is from like before last episode, but I forgot all about it. Um, so I'm gonna read that one first. Okay. This is from Tanner. It says in the subject line, "I had a headache while writing this, so who knows." Uh, and the first thing in the actual message is italicized. Hatsune Michael's root and toot and investigations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, bonus challenge. Uh, give the game a little town. I love when a game's got a little town that you can go do stuff at. So I'm applying that to this week. We have to make a little town. I think that's doable, actually. Okay. Now, Tanner's other email is much longer. Um, subject line. Um, actually, maybe, perhaps, uh... I'm not going to pretend I'm any kind of Holmesian scholar or anything, but when y'all suggested Sherlock was a cop, that just didn't sit right with me. I've read a few Sherlocks and heard of others, and while he does work alongside the police, he doesn't work for them, and usually is rather exhausted by them and their incompetence. From the TV trope's entry of, screw the rules, I'm doing it right. Colon. Mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes loves this trope. He even keeps a set of tools to break into people's houses and never hesitates in using them. I would say cops do that same thing, Tanner. I'm taking a break. Say cops do that exact same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want to just immediately start refuting your points, but... Mm. Willingly became an accessory after the fact of the murder of a particularly nasty villain. Perhaps knowingly became indirectly responsible for the death of a murderer, expressing no remorse whatsoever afterwards, etc. Most impressive is that he seems to not think that the extremes he sometimes goes to to solve cases is going too far, shrugging or even smiling with amusement when called out on it. This is at least partly because for Sherlock Holmes it's more about the thrill of solving a complex mystery than serving the cause of justice. He's more interested in the mystery than the result, and as he once lampshaded when letting a perpetrator go because he was convinced the perp was not beyond redemption, it's not his job to compensate for the deficiencies of the police. End quote. I have always gotten the sense myself that Sherlock would sooner steer the cops away from someone he deemed morally sound rather than turn them in over a technicality. As for Irene being described as a, quote, villain, I feel like the term back then was equally used for antagonist and one blamed for difficulty, and didn't necessarily relate to any moral judgment. Anyways, Sherlock is in the, in the public domain, so even if my interpretation isn't canon, that doesn't mean it can't be real. I think it's more likely that Sherlock would have asked Irene to go deal with a mystery in the game setting, saying something like, You're the only person I trust to have both the wit, and necessary, the wit necessary to solve it and the moral understanding of justice and that the authorities lack. Also, I'm still pretending to be dead after I tweeted myself off a water salt or something. <laughs> I okay. <laughs> That's just my interpretation. Otherwise, this game sounds great. Good luck, have fun, Tanner. P.S. Miss Hudson was trans in elementary, but she only appeared in two episodes, so shrug emoji. Mm, I think I remember that. Listen, I've become too uh, committed to the idea of Sherlock as a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, And even if he isn't, like, literally a cop, Sherlock certainly has, like, cop-like energies to me. I think it's... Part of it for me is the, um... 
is the lack of empathy that Sherlock Holmes exhibits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that that quote from TV Tropes did like at one point it was like, oh, yeah, no, he doesn't immediately turn someone in. But also, on the other hand, he's only here to solve a mystery. Mm-hmm. So it's like that disconnect. I don't know. I think I definitely get where you're coming from. I have read quite a bit of Sherlock. It's just it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Shrug. Shrug emoji. Mm-hmm. I think I like I will say, like, I think that is a fun thing about like playing in like public domain characters, because like the have sort of a canon to them, but also since they're public domain, you're not beholden to anything really. You could just be like, I don't know, maybe Sherlock sucks this time around. <laughs> it's like the Avengers Grimm. You can just make them all badasses with swords. Yeah, absolutely. This is my Sherlock Holmes reboot where Sherlock Holmes has a sword. Mm-hmm. Fred Drescher's still there. Yeah, she's the one with the sword. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That should be the next Give This Celebrity a Sword campaign, now that Carly Rae Jepsen has hers. Give Fran Drescher a sword. Give, get Fran Drescher knighted. For yes! <laughs> Dame Fran Drescher. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, we're not here to actually continue the prompt from last week. We are not. We because... are in fact here to discuss episodic life action RPG. Not not live action RPG, as I mm. wanted to read it that time. Mm. God, just a, a, f- a, a game about a photorealistic Chris Evans. That's live action, baby. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay, but it's, it's just like um, that one character that they made for sonic RoboBlast 2 cart where it's just a cardboard cut out of eggman sitting in the uh in the cart yes absolutely absolutely so it's just a cardboard cut out of chris evans just walking mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. this this is tear away to me for the ps vita <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm starting the 45 minute timer now okay so we have the bonus objective of make it about a little town, and I'm also adding another bonus objective of uh, a roguelike. Okay. Because the thing that I've jotted down is um, spore action RPG roguelike, single cell organism up to complex organism journey. Cause, like, Interesting. Interesting cause, that you took that, that way of life. Yeah. Life. I was thinking of something very different. Because, like, games about life either are, like, life sims or they're spore to me. Mm, I See, I was, I was going to take episodic and life together and make it sort of, like, everyday life, like, day-to-day, mm. uh, almost slice of life. But yeah. I'm interested in this spore idea you have. Well, because I think the episodic comes in in that there are different, like, um... I guess, like, themed runs you can do or, like, challenges for, like... Because, like, every roguelike kind of has, like, um... You're, like, you're gonna get through 20 levels of something, right? And I guess this is kind of Risky Rain too, almost. But but Spore? Because, <laughs> mm. like... But I think the the episodic comes in, like, every now and again they'll do an update and it'll be, like... Um, because I don't think I don't think you like change like archetypes necessarily. Like the archetypes are kind of like built from like 
your play style or like the upgrades you get within your run. But I think it's like the episodic updates are more of like biomes and different like theming you can do. Let me pitch an idea for a different way to incorporate episodic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So you're talking about like this, like um, you know, evolution style mechanic. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how it's broken into episodes. Yeah. Because like in Spore Original, it sort of was that. Like at like major points in the story, once you got like enough of whatever points you were building, it would just like cut to. Hmm. And so maybe it's just like, all right, you've um spent some time, or you've gotten enough points, or you've cleared out this part of the the game. Yeah. All right. Now you're into this next episode, but like maybe there's variance on like what episode will come next. Mm-hmm. Maybe at one point, one of the episodes you get is about like meteor crashing, like meteors mm-hmm. crashing and stuff like that. Yeah, I think, and I think that's like the roguelike element of like this run. Like, yeah, you had like a an apocalyptic event really early, so that means you like there's not a, that means there's less like foliage to go around so like your herbivore stats go down or some shit like that you have to you have to become a scavenger yeah question Mm -hmm. what's the end game of this like because i've never seen it with my own eyes but i hear the end game of spore is you go to space it's true you you go to space and you just kind of like see other planets and i don't know to me the 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 part of spore that really captured my attention and captured my like love was like the single cell organism stuff through essentially up through like when you start building your civilization like that to me is like the good shit everything after that is just i don't know it felt unfun and more okay. chore like so then what if like the um the the final like the end level of the rogue like that would be the thing that you beat the you know, need to do to clear it is you have to survive an extinction level event mm-hmm. and then if you successfully survive then you know you you've won yeah well i another thing i was thinking too like maybe a maybe this is a game with multiple endings but uh which is be really weird to do in a roguelike but <laughs> like it may be another way to and the the campaign would be to like settle down and make a little town and like that's kind of like the it kind of just like the the curtains close on like that critter and then you kind of like start from square one again i mean i assumed that would happen before the extinction level event oh okay yeah yeah you get to the civilization thing and then as you're doing the civilization part that's when the the big events are happening and you need Mm -hmm. to be you know prepared in whatever way that you could be prepared for it yeah um and then maybe okay here's a thought mm-hmm. maybe like the main menu is just like a, a bird's maybe not bird's eye view but like an isometric view of like a little town what mm-hmm. has like all of the the creatures that had like survived or something in it so you can just like see visual representations of your past runs yeah yeah it's kind of um almost like a a paradise of like yeah this is where (laughs) this is where all like everybody goes it's Mm -hmm. it's it's fine and normal and like i think you could also what if it's a like a hub world like you have to like literally like run around to interact with the menu (laughs) yeah that actually reminds me of two roguelikes that i enjoyed um let's see what are they called one of them is moon hunters Uh where like 
uh, anytime you like finished a run that was like, good or like your character was like did something that like broke one of your previous records or whatever, they would get um, turned into a constellation. And then on the menu, you're sort of like in space and you're looking at all the constellations. Mm hmm. Um, and what was the other one called? You're in space, it's top down. You're doing jobs that are possibly illegal. It's not uh, faster than light, right? No. No, it's much shootier, but also more okay. stealthy. Okay. It's definitely more action-oriented. Okay. Um, Heat Signature, that was the mm. one. I've been meaning to replay that again. Um, whenever you finish like a run of Heat Signature, or basically in between every run of Heat Signature, you go back to a space station. Uh-huh. Um, and then once you've earned enough or done whatever you need to do to complete your character's final mission they retire but you get to take one of their items and put it like as a thing that can be dropped in the world and mm. you can like rename it and stuff yeah i i'm trying to think of like because i i do like the idea of games where like your um like playing it enough even if you're not good at the roguelike can still like level level up some like global things that like make your future runs that much a little bit easier oh yeah maybe there's like after you've done a few runs you get the ability to start from further down the line so that means mm. like even if you can't get there by yourself just by doing enough runs you can at least get there eventually that or like also you could be like hey start your single cell organism phase with like 50 more dna points that's what the currency is in spore so it's like you can maybe like buy you know your jaws upgrade right off the bat so you can be like okay carnivore run let's do this you know like you you kind of like already have that going for you oh maybe and maybe it's still that part's even a little roguelike where like before you start a run you can spend like a greater resource on just like here are like here's a selection of three randomly chosen starting things that you can have in addition mm. to just the base stuff yeah would you yeah. like to purchase one of them mm-hmm yeah no um what is it uh crypto the necrodancer does something like that where like you've got coins you use as like currency for shops within your roguelike run but then you can also collect gems and gems are collect are used up on like your hub for so, greater upgrades mm -hmm. upgrades are like you know start this next run with an extra heart so i think it's something similar to that where like you've got dna points and then maybe like I don't know, DNA gems or some shit like that. <laughs> Legacy. <laughs> Legacy points. There we go. Yeah, we, and, your creatures have left a legacy upon the world. Mm, and like, maybe even like, on like a really good run, it'll, like, there's like a, <laughs> like a Mario Party tallying at the end where it's like, you earned this many DNA points and that earned, that netted you X amount of Legacy points. Do we want to call it DNA points, or do we want to call something like, um, not like experience, but something adjacent to experience? Uh, we could, yeah. Because, like, I like the idea of just calling it straight-up legacy and not just dropping the word points from it. Uh-huh. And so, in that case, we should find a word that also drops the points from the other currency. If you're interested in that, I'm not gonna... No. Yeah, yeah, no, and that, and I don't think, like, as, as inspired by Spore as this is, I don't think we're making this as a Spore tie-in game. Um, unfortunately for me, I feel like that franchise is long dead. Um, 
Okay, okay, idea. Uh-huh. The uh, the lasting uh currency is called legacy, but the uh, the in-run currency is called history. Oh, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you generate just a little bit of history over time, you know, just because you're existing, but then mm-hmm. by doing more things, you're increasing your history, like, gain, but also doing big enough things will give you legacy. Mm. Also, I like the idea of, um, like, every run, there are, like, certain kind of objectives for you to do. Like, if you so choose, and maybe that's also, like, um a way to net legacy as well like you know one one will be like uh dispatch 20 enemies with just your your bite or something like that Mm -hmm. so you're like okay those are something that can exist on like the greater level too so like in between runs you can be like okay i want to go into this and do this objective Mm. because i really want to get that legacy point yeah yeah for sure and like you know it'll be you know something like you know because uh, Spore had like non-violent ways to to do um, combat, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I'm and now I'm almost thinking like, what if there are like something similar to that? Where like maybe <laughs> let's just add systems on systems on systems. Because like I think it was in in Spore you had like a gauge that was like green and a gauge that was red and like attacking something like decreased their red gauge and you killed them and doing more like social interactions drained their green gauge and made them like you Mm -hmm. so i'm like do we want like cute like do a mating dance not lately a mating dance but like do a little jig sing for them (laughs) i mean i do think there's gonna be like ways you can do like a a symbiotic build or whatever Uh uh-huh you know, diplomacy runs once you get into the higher levels. Mm, yeah. Um, I like, also wanted to suggest the idea of, since we're already going to keep track of some of your previous runs being in the city, uh-huh. what if also some of them can just show up during your run as, like, NPC kind of things? Like, Oh, yeah. So maybe when you're in the lower, like, I'm going to eat some stuff phase, you can, like, mm-hmm. see some of, like, your older runs there too like oh and then <laughs> i'm gonna eat this one i was that one before I'm gonna yeah yeah and you're like oh i know this has no way to defend me because i was defense or they have no way to defend themselves because i did that run and that bill had nothing so yeah let me just go bite it <laughs> chomp chomp also so we also added like action role-playing game to this and i'm yeah um, we have not discussed that at all because I think it's it's kind of one of those where, like, I think I think you've got, like, you know, your face buttons, like, um, thinking about, like, a, a, a PlayStation controller and, like, maybe it's would it be way too granular to be like triangle is whatever you have equipped to your mouth, like circle and square are like left hand, right hand. And then like X is like something like jump. <laughs> I was literally going to suggest a very similar thing, because I'm thinking about another game that I have in my Steam library, Megabyte Punch. Uh-huh. Uh, which is very platform fighter-themed, mm-hmm. uh, in that you play as a robot, and you can equip different parts, and all the different parts that you can equip become, like, your up B, and your side B, and your down B. Yeah. Um, And I was I was about to suggest literally the exact same thing as what you were going to say. <laughs> 
Because, like, I, I love the, the fucked up monsters you can make in Spore. Like, the big claws will give you plus to your damage, and you can mm-hmm. put that on your circle, so your monster just has one really big claw. Yeah. Like a crab. You know, mm-hmm. crabs have their own big claw. Um, <laughs> and having two claws gets you a set bonus of plus 30% attack speed. But minus your diplomacy, because you have yes. claws. And you can't, you can't hug people with, or you could hug people with claws, but they might not like it. And you can't hug them with their nuclear claws. <laughs> or venom, or poison. And I think that, that also kind of, like, plays with the roguelike element, because, like, yeah, you could be like, I really like the way that claws tend to play, like, it's a lot more of, like, my style for, like, the action portion, but... This run, you know, you got, you know, keen claws, so they have, like, a, a higher chance to crit. And, like, the next one, you're like, oh, these have, like, poison on them. So you kind of, like, run up, give them a snip, and then let the poison kind of tick and then take care of them. Mm-hmm. Real quick, I have sent you a picture of a fiddler crab. Because um, that's what I was thinking of when you had, like, one big claw. And oh, they're, on one side. they're such a creature of the world. Yeah, and I, then I just thought of the idea of what if a fiddler crab Pokemon that had, like, with the one really, really big arm in front of them, like, horizontally like that, it's like a shield, and Ooh. then their other arm was like a little spear. That should be a Kingler, like, regional variant. Yeah. Like a crab version of a Scavalier. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would really whip as, like, a fusion. God, yeah, Water Steel is such a good typing. Anyways, I guess I'm just going to think about that for a little bit. Also, just uh-huh. maybe as just like a RPG monster of just like crab with sword and shield. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but the shield is their arm. Uh-huh. I am also thinking now of... um. So for like your triangle button or your up B or whatever, the, the thing that activates your essentially your head skill, I'm thinking of like that slot could be like mandibles if you wanted like that sort of like an attack build. But it also could be, like, if you had, like, bat, like, echolocation or, like, Mm -hmm. different ways of, like, observing your environment. So it'll, like, because I think you always have, like, a mini-map or, like, kind of... A friends button mm, where you try to vocalize and become friends with animals. Or even, like, do a scary scream and get, like, stun things. Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe even, like, certain... Uh, upgrades to your head like lets you see different things on your mini map that'll actually like flag them around. It's like mm-hmm. good ears or like scent tracking will let you see like enemies on your map and stuff like that. But maybe the perk with like having scent is like you could also find food that way. I'm wondering if maybe we should just drop the echo or not the echo the symbiotic and like peaceful runs from this because I'm like. It could be much easier to just lean into the action part of this action RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... I mean... Did, isn't that just, like, what Darkspore is? Never played Darkspore, only know of it. And wasn't yeah. that a DS game, I think? It was It was DS and it was also PC. Because Those are the only two things I know about it. Uh, that it well, existed and was on the Nintendo DS. Uh, and it's very infamous... For its DRM and the fact that, if I am not mistaken, it is literally unplayable in its original state because of DRM. Like, I'm sure there are ways to, like, hack it and, you know, 
do like third party tools for it. But EA like royally fucked it over. But yeah, Dark Spore is essentially oh, like Dark what Spore it, was not on the DS. Um, Dark Spore is essentially like what if Spore had like no peaceful options and you were just being the shit out of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. It had um, a heavy focus on multiplayer. Hmm. RNGG streams Dark Spore shut down in 2016. Hmm. That's an interesting first bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. The Dark Spore logo is similar to the Warhammer 40k Imperial Aquilas logo. Okay. Uh, huh. The whole game has similarities in gameplay with Ultimate Marvel Alliance. <laughs> Good. This wiki also has a link to an archive post of a Tumblr wiki, or yeah, a Tumblr page. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was just because it was like the official one telling you if you pre-ordered Dark Spore, you would get owned the most powerful squad on day one. <laughs> yeah. Reserve your copy of the limited edition of Dark Spore here and receive early access to Maldry, a special quantum character, and an exclusive armor pack for your squad. I don't think the critters in this game wear armor, or if it is, it's like a very like end game kind of. It takes up one of your slots. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's just what are the phases and what are your goals in each phase? Um so the um so I think single celled organism is definitely like just try to make it like 10 minutes <laughs> or like you know like i i because i feel like in that phase in spore it is very easy to get outmaneuvered attacked like it's very perilous but it's also very easy to like eat enough to become big enough to um kind of um swing things in your favor uh I th- so i think that one is literally it's just like collect 50 history and get the hell out of here like (laughs) however like you however fast you can do that either like doing Mm -hmm. objectives or just like running around and biting things like just get out of here and then i think once you kind of er, wash you know wash up on the shore (laughs) and uh are kind of in like on land i think that becomes that phase is a lot more exploration Maybe that's you know, what one of the branches is. Maybe where there's a random chance of you just not going to shore and you stay aquatic the whole run. Oh, and you it just becomes a waters run. Yeah, yeah. I like and that. And you eventually just create Atlantis. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I think it, it more or less isn't a, a real departure for gameplay. Like, I feel like you're still... Run essentially running around fighting things or investigating an area, but like maybe you just have like a floaty or jump. And Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking, well, I mean, I was in my brain, I'm visualizing this with like a very super giant games camera angle, Uh so I guess there would be a bit of a jump there, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, would it be a jump or 3D movement? But it's hard to do 3D movement in like an isometric camera angle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am picturing it with freeform camera, as in that's what Spore did. <laughs> mm. Um, 
Okay, I think we're at the part where we need to come up with a name. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts? So, like, there is already a roguelike game that is pretty popular that has, like, something to do with Legacy in its name, but I still want to do something with, like, Legacy in our name, too? Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Evo Legacy. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like Evo Land, which I don't think is a roguelike. I think that's just like an RPG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evo colon legacy. Also, what's the... Oh, I'm just thinking about the game Evo for the SNES, where you run around as a dinosaur. <laughs> I feel like there's been another game recently that was Evo. So I'm going to Google search Evo. Let's see. On Steam, we have Starship Evo, Dragon Evo, Anime Collector Evo, which is an adult open-world MMORPG. Mm. Seems bad. Monster Evo, which seems like a, a phone game that got ported to Steam. Mm-hmm. One of those knockoff Pokemons. Yeah. Evo Land 2. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm just thinking about Evo Land again anyways. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, do you want to do the honors of writing this one out? Uh, I'm, I'm good. My brain has nothing in it. Okay. Here we go. Evo Legacy, an episodic life action RPG. I, I almost said live action RPG again. <laughs> A roguelike action RPG where you follow the evolution of a species. As you evolve and develop history, you can obtain new features that let you interact with the world, such as claws and echolocation. After reaching certain levels of history, you move to the next episode of that creature's life, which is randomly selected from a pool of events. After clearing a certain number of these events, you must survive an extinction-level event in order to win the run. Along the way, you will earn legacy, which can be spent between runs on various upgrades that may affect all runs or just the next one. The main menu is themed around a civilization formed of the creatures from your previous runs. Hell yeah. Did I miss anything? No, no, you got it. I I would have missed something, that's why I didn't do it. Okay. <laughs> Alright, in that case, it is time for plugs. You can find the show at RNGGCast on Twitter. Or you can send us emails like Tanner did at rnggpodcast at gmail.com. Crash. I am on Twitter at Daphne Oliver XIV. You can find me there posting. I do be posting. You do uh, be posting. <laughs> Cassidy, where are you online? You can find me online at twitter.com at madlobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And you can find the podcast that I do and that I've guessed it on on my website, which is at madlebotanist.neocities.org, which is the same as my Twitter and all the neocities.org. I've mostly just been posting my Wordle scores. <laughs> um, like, being 100% for real. Um, I've been playing some Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel lately, because that's new. Mm-hmm. It's alright. I've been thinking about doing some more episodes of RNGG off the rails, because I, haven't, I thought of an idea for like a quick quick miniseries there's only like two maybe three episodes mm-hmm. and i'm debating asking you to do it or if i should maybe you know not bother you with theme park talk again i'd be down my schedule's gonna be hell for the next few weeks though mm-hmm. 
uh, my boss is going on a birthday trip in the first week of February, so I <laughs> I will be acting store manager for like seven days. Uh, not in a row, but like, yeah. I just, you know, we did our first episode about getting rid of a potential Harry Potter world and Universal, and then I was mm-hmm. like, well, there are already two of those. What if we replaced <laughs> those? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, I've been rolling the random number generator, and I have our next thing, which is a listener prompt. Oh, uh, and this listener prompt in comes. Or this listener prompt comes in from someone you might know pretty well. Uh, comes in from Crash, uh, and the prompt is keepsake. I think. I think that was we kept. I kept wanting to name a game keepsake, and it didn't work out. And I was like, well, I'm putting this on the prompt list so we can just make a game called Keepsake. Mm-hmm. So Keepsake is a crash listener prompt, and that is what we were going to finally name a game that next time. You have to think about what that means. It's true. Uh, but until then, good luck. Have fun. Have fun.